Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Thriving Adoptees. And I'm delighted to have the very lovely Marion Rhines on, uh, on the show today. And I'm going to ask her to introduce herself now, and then we're going to learn a little bit more. This is all about helping you uh, as an adoptive parent, help your, um, your, your children thrive or if you're an adoptee, an adult adoptee, helping you thrive too. So uh, without further ado, uh, lovely to see you, um, Marion. Oh, well, yeah, I can see you. We're doing this on Zoom. <laughs> We're doing this on Zoom, guys, but obviously you're listening to it on our podcast. Um, so lovely to hear you, Marion. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so glad that I was able to be here with you today. Um, my name is Marion Rhines, and I'm currently the Executive Director for the Tennessee Foster Adoptive Care Association. And um, my husband and I are adoptive parents to three boys. Um, they were all separate incidences. Um, we took them all in at different times. So we have a total of five children. Wow. And um, we just um, have been totally blessed by it. And um, we always knew we wanted to be foster adoptive parents. Um, so we had to kind of wait until we had things in our life settled to the point where we can start adding organized chaos because it does get a little crazy sometimes. <laughs> so, um, but. Uh, when I'm not doing TFACA stuff, I'm working on children's books and um, just started writing novels. And so that's been really fun. And so far, they've all been foster care related. So um, I'm really excited to see what happens with those. Yeah, fantastic. So we we met last uh, we met last week on our Zoom. And what really came across to me was the fact that your it was the size of your heart. You know, you're coming at this from the heart with in, in everything that you do, you know, um, as, a, as a parent working with the association and obviously with your, um, your work with, with books. So tell me a little bit more about, you know, why you got involved in this. You know, you, you, you said that you knew you're always going to be in, in this fostering and adoption space. What, what's, what's driving that? What, let's get under, uh, what's behind the heart? What's the heart of, of, of Marion Wright? Well, um, we, in 2016, when our um, final foster child was going to adoption, um, we realized that five children were really all that my husband and I could handle to make sure we had adequate time, you know, resources, and um, make sure that we could love them all um, equally and not, you know, worry about neglecting any of them. But I felt like I wanted to continue to be involved in the foster care world. And um, the, the Foster Care Association had an opening for a regional director here in Knoxville. And so I applied for the position and then I joined the board. And um, I was able to, I guess, um, expend all the energy that I was <laughs> wanting to use for fostering through helping um, the local association and make sure they knew they were supported by the state association and we were getting things from um central office you know the department of children's services and then i just kind of worked my way through different positions on the board and um served as vice president and then president and it was during my time as president that i started thinking you know um the experiences my family had as a as a foster adoptive family are probably similar to other foster family. So I decided to write a book and um, it tells the story of two children who are placed in a foster home and they're two so totally different children uh, from different backgrounds. One child was able to be reunited with his family and then the other child ended up being adopted by their foster parents. 
And so, um, and then that kind of trickled on another idea for another book. And then, you know, here I am, you know, two years later, <laughs> and I'm still finding ideas, but I just, I just knew that even though we couldn't foster, we could use the experiences that we've had as foster parents and even as adoptive parents to help foster parents out there realize that you're not going through this all by yourself, the things your children are feeling, you know, they're not feeling those things by themselves. And so um, I just wanted to give them a tool to be able to, you know, read with their foster children um, to help them understand what they're going through. Yeah. Um, so my books have, you know, questions at the end to kind of talk through, um, you know, what the main characters were feeling and how they could tell, you know, different things, um, how they were getting um, help or resources from their foster family and things like that. So it's just a really interactive way for the whole family to be able to do, um, you know, the foster care thing together. Yeah. So this is, this is all, all coming from, um, this is all coming from this huge heart of yours. Yeah. Um, the fact that you've got three ad adoptive, uh, you've got three adoptive children, you've got five in, in, in total. Um, what is it, you know, if you could go back and, um, uh, and give the kind of, uh, you've obviously been up a, a steep learning curve with with that yeah um so if you could go back uh, and give uh share that uh, you know share what you've learned on that learning curve in terms of um ensuring that your uh, adoptive children thrive what what sort of things would you like to would you like to share um with the with with the audience with the with the listeners on this um well, one of the things I would like to share is that um, when you adopt a child, obviously you have their history and everything that comes with that. And sometimes it's not always, you know, sunshine and daisies. You do have some hiccups and some things you have to work through. And what I would want to encourage parents to do is to realize that your birth children have things that they have to work through as well. And so you shouldn't say, oh my gosh, you know, it's because they're adopted that they're having these issues. Every child has, you know, things that they need to work through. And I would encourage them just to make sure that they don't minimize the trauma that the child has gone through and kind of just brush it to the side and tell them, you know, well, you're not in that anymore. You know, you just need to get over it, but help them to really work through you know, whatever issues they're having. Um, our nine-year-old, um, he knows that he's adopted, but he doesn't, I don't think, have the understanding that he has another set of parents that are not us. And I think right now, if he were to really understand that, he would be devastated. Um, he's, he's just not to the place where he could understand that and, and be able to comprehend what that means. Whereas our other two, they were adopted much older, so they are aware that they have parents and, you know, and things like that. But just to make sure that um, you give them a chance, um, they're, you know, we're not some savior to them, but just because we adopted them. Yes, we've given them a stable place to live and hopefully a way to um, make better decisions or have opportunities that they wouldn't have, but it's not, you know, they, they're still who they are and they, they need to have that opportunity to be able to find out who they are in their own time. Yeah, yeah. It's a very interesting topic. This uh, I was talking to somebody uh, about this yesterday in this uh, the trauma area. This was so this was a, a fellow adoptee like me, and uh, and I was saying, you know, where do we? Uh, th there is no line, but it's an interesting question. Am like, Where is the line between kind of understanding the trauma and kind of getting too embroiled in it? 
you know, it, so that it, it, it can become for me. Uh, so for me at 40, the, the, the kind of, uh, you know, people talk about late discovery adoptees. Well, I was a late adopt, a, a late, ado a, a late adoption trauma adoptee. I didn't, I didn't get this into my head that I had a problem until I was about 40. And, and when I, when I did that, uh, I, it, it kind of snowballed, it kind of snowballed. So, uh, you know, how, how would you, um, I, I'm taking a kind of like an adult approach on this, but what you, you've talked about um, recognizing the trauma. You've talked about empathy. Um, you've talked about the, um, the you know, giving the child the, the level of um, information that's appropriate to, to him when, you know, you're, when you're talking about your, your, your nine-year-old. Can you talk a little bit more about what what you see as this this uh, trauma and beyond trauma and 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 recognize it without negating it um, and and not letting it not getting too far down the into the darkness because in the darkness all we see is dark, don't we? Mm -hmm. So um, I'm stumbling over a question. Do you know where I'm going with this? I think I do, and um, I'm not sure if I have <laughs> an, uh, a logical response to it, but my parents were divorced when I was 15, so although I've never had the you know experience of having to be adopted in the loss of that kind of a family unit, I do know what it's like to have my, my core family kind of fall apart. And, you know, my, both of my parents ended up getting remarried and my father moved out of state and, you know, we got the typical, you know, twice a year phone calls on the weekend kind of lifestyle, you know, for the rest of my life. And um, sometimes it was very difficult to not be resentful and, you know, angry thinking that, you know, my step, siblings, you know, they got my dad and then, you know, I had to do without him all that time. Um, so I guess it would be much in the same way with children who have become adopted. Um, they don't have, well, a lot of families do try to make sure that um, they have access to their core family after adoption. Sometimes it just isn't safe for that to happen. And so they completely break ties with that. Um, so you, you still have to deal with, you know, the feeling of, um, resentment and abandonment. Um, I have one, one son who, um, whenever he realized he was not going to be able to go back home, he just, you know, started crying. Why couldn't she fight harder for me? And, you know, I, what do you tell a child when they ask you that question? Um, you, you know, you just say, you know, well, they did the best they could. And, um, I used, I used a wrestling, um, analogy. I don't like wrestling very much, but it had a very, this, this analogy had a very, very strong point. Um, you have a wrestling team and, you know, obviously there are two people and they, one's in the ring with one guy and then the other guy's, you know, hanging over the ropes, waiting to be tagged out. So I use the analogy, you know, your parents and, and my husband and I, you know, we were a team and your family did the best they could as long as they could. And so it was time to tap out with us and that we took up the fight to take care of you until, you know, you grow up and go out on your own. And so that's, that would be the only thing that I would be able yeah. to try to offer to do. Yeah. Some uh, fascinating, absolutely fascinating, Marion. Absolutely fascinating. If I can kind of draw some things from that, uh, what you just said. So 
you know, I asked, I asked a question and you said, you don't, you don't think there's a kind of logical answer to this, I think you said. And I think that is essential here. What we're talking about is human feelings. So if we try and, if we try and rationalize them, then we can try and rationalize them for forever and a day and we ain't going to shift anything. Because no. this, if we're looking in the head, we're looking, we're looking in the wrong department. We're looking in the right pl uh, wrong place. This is all about um, the heart, your heart, and your, you know, and I'm talking about you, your your heart, and I'm also talking to, to the to the listeners about their, you know, if they're a, um, if they're adoptive parents, it's all about their heart and the love that they're bringing to their, the the love that they're bringing to their kids and um, expressing that to to your to your um, to your kids in the moment in the in the way that best meets their needs their emotional needs in in that moment and so you've taught um, and, and so if we're looking in the head for what do I do when this happens well it, it's the wrong place to look we will we will deal with things instinct instinctively coming from our big hearts we will will give us uh, wisdom. Uh, will give us our solutions in there, um, uh, uh, the right solution for, for the right time. And it will give us, you've talked about, you know, your own experience. So um, I think I saw something the other day that 70%, I think 70% of people have been through some, have been through some form of trauma. Um, so you've talked on really about drawing from your own experience because trauma is trauma whatever the mm. whatever the the cause of it you know the feeling feeling abandoned by a birth mother and feeling by abandoned by a um a feeling abandoned by a, a father you know a biological father that has left at 15 it's 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 different but it, it's got the same similar kind of underpinnings of you know um did i do something wrong is this down to me um I want, I, I want to go back to the way that things they are, you know, all those kind of, you know, the, that, that stuff that's firing around our head is the same, whether it's to do with adoption or to do with some other kind of event. Would you say that's, would you say them on the right lines here? I'm just kind of drawing. Oh, no, definitely. No. Um, one of the things that we had to do in our pre-adoptive classes before we adopted um, our, well, he's 19 now. <laughs> yeah. whenever, we, whenever we set out to adopt our first adoptive child, um, they had, they had us watch a video first it, and it was ocean life swimming, you know, underwater and they played the most beautiful music. You know, you sound like you were in an aquarium and it was just so peaceful and, you know, just very calming. And then they changed the music. They showed the same images, but then they showed it with almost a Jaws music, like tense, you know, really intense background. And it was the same thing. And it was talking about how even when a woman is pregnant, the baby can't distinguish between good stress and bad stress. So it, stress altogether is not a good thing. So, you know, it could be the good stress in that, oh, you know, we've got to move to a new house versus, oh my gosh, you know, I don't know if I can continue with this pregnancy kind of stress, but the baby can't tell. So that child is already starting, you know, with a stressed body whenever they're born. Um, but it's just like, with everything else, you know, it's just really hard to make sure that you don't keep yourself in the negative place. You've got to, you've got to push yourself to where um, 
you do have some positivity and and just you know do the best you can once you you know realize hey i need to i need to change my thought process yeah yeah um so uh somebody that was coming at this from a psychological space would follow that question up with a how question and i'm not going to go there marion because when i listen to podcasts and people say yeah but how do you do that it's just like well we don't know do we you know everybody says this everybody says this thing that um kids don't come with an instruction manual you know it we are we are uh, flying by the seat of our pants um but our pants were made to fly you know this is how you know we've got these you know like people sense our insecurities right this is how i say it people sense our insecurities whether it's about parenting whether it's about adoptive parenting whether it's about you know how to write our book or how to get our book out into the world or how mm-hmm. to how to promote our podcast for adopt you know about thriving adoptees uh, the, the whole world kind of uh, they they sense people sense our insecurity and they want to lay it on the line and say yeah well i know that you're feeling in, uh, insecure about this area i i know that you're looking for some certainty in your parent your parenting or in or in um uh, in how to write your book or how to get, promote your book or whatever um there are seven steps and if if you pay me uh, i will tell you those seven steps well they don't do that do they they say no if you if you sign up for my free e- ebook and I, you know i've got a video about this sort of stuff as well so i did too you know um you know uh, there are th- these are the steps and and, and you know, we're all trying to rationalize and get ahead of ourselves and and the truth is that we are all feeling our way through life doing mm-hmm. the very best that we can for our kids as we can in the moment and you know wisdom gave you a, a, a this this wrestling metaphor um, and that 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 sort of idea can only come in the moment. Mm-hmm. So um, th- we've got this world, of, you know, this world of people looking for solutions to problems that haven't really happened yet. How will I handle if I do this? But um, life doesn't work like that. Wisdom doesn't look like it. Wisdom kind of comes just in the just in time in the moment. And 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 and, and, and metaphors are a great way to. Um, uh, to explain stuff to our to our our, our kids. So, um, what do you make of that? Do you think I'm no, on the right I, line? What's, no, how I agree. It, no, how? you're right. Um, there are two things that I try to make sure that I tell foster parents. Um, part of the job that I had when I was regional director was to go to the post approval classes once foster parents have gone through training and represent the Tennessee Foster Adoptive Care Association so they know who we are, that we're there to help them and things like that. And they had you know, question answer sessions. And the two things that I wanted to make sure they understood was one, foster parenting is like the Peace Corps. It's the toughest job you'll ever love. There are days that you're going to be wanting to fight in the trenches, you know, saying, I can do this, you know, this is great. And then there are days when you're like, oh my gosh, what have I done? <laughs> you know, this is hard. I don't want to do it anymore. And so you just have to make sure that you realize um, you're going to have those peaks and valleys and, and they're going to be really intense some days. And the other thing I wanted to make sure people understood, especially people who don't have their own biological children, you have instincts, whether you have children yet or not, those instincts are still there. So just make sure that you need to listen to your gut. If you're 
gut is telling you something and your brain is saying something else, but your gut is really telling you, you really need to be, you know, <laughs> checking on things, then just follow those instincts. Um, that's how you learn. Um, and sometimes, you know, you're going to have a misread, your gut's going to be wrong, but generally speaking, you know, it tells you whenever you need to be, you know, looking in a different place for, for things. So, um, but yeah, you just, you just have to deal with each situation as it comes. And you're right. There is no brain way to, to do it. It's all, yeah. you've got to feel it in the moment and, and yeah. understand, um, you know, what the situation calls for. Yeah. Um, this is, this is so true. And um, I guess it's, it's liberty for me. I can, I can hear a sense of liberation here from you that, you know, that um, you're coming at it from the heart like everybody that's listening to the show, hopefully, is coming from the coming from the heart. You you you're coming from the heart, and you and you're following your gut, and you knowing, you knowing that that they're going to be there's going to be ups and downs and bumps along the way, and you're just keeping on you're just keeping on going. So you're you're almost like um, like on the on the uh, the high wire. You know, um, oh. <laughs> and they're, they're, they're never, they're, they're, you know, they've got a they've got a big a big pole, haven't they? Um, and yes. uh, and they're constantly balancing and adjusting, but they are never actually completely um, upright or still. They're mm -hmm. always just always just slightly off, and and they're, and they're feeling their way along through through the life uh, of uh, of parenting their kids. So. I think that's. Um, I was complimenting you on my on your metaphor. I don't know where that metaphor came from me, um, but that. So I guess what you're saying is 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 your this is a message of reassurance. And then is it really for adoptive parents? Is that what you is that what you're trying um, to do? I would hope it's reassuring, um, just because you know there are lots of other things that an adoptive parent could do besides you know adopt children and try to take care of them. The world has um, so many different things that people could be drawn to, to try to make a difference in. And um, I just wanted to let people know that, Hey, you know, I've been where you are. Um, I've got children who are been, you know, they've been where the children that you are, you know, ministering to have been to. And, um, you know, just, just know that you're not alone. So yes, it would most definitely be reassurance. Yeah. 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 And I guess that's the, that's another big point here, really, isn't it? Um, is that you know, as there, there are wherever where, wherever people are, where, uh, wherever adoptive parents are, um, they should be uh, they should be seeking the support um, where appropriate of, of, of the, the mm -hmm. mechanisms that's there. So take advantage of the training um, and take advantage of the community. And learn from the people that have uh, have trodden the path that um, that they've already been on. Yeah. Um, so you're not nobody's doing it on on their own. And I guess in in my little way with the podcast, that's what I'm, I'm doing here. Um, uh, I'm trying to I can bring my adoptee adoptee voice to help uh, adoptees, but I, and I've and I've got that through learned experience. Uh, I'm not a, I'm not a shrink or anything like that, but I've got my adoptive experience, adoptive experience, and I wanted to bring on you as a, an adoptive parent and an adoptive parent that's got the the the, the, the biological kids as well, so that you we can share what we're doing and help people along their along their learning curve and realise that life is a learning curve with this stuff. So, mm -hmm. are there any 
Uh, are there any other specific things that pop into your um, head, uh, Marion, or in, uh, pop into your heart? <laughs> yeah, pop, well, pop out of your heart into your head. <laughs> well, you know, um, I always resented the expression that it takes a village to raise a child. And I think at first it was because I didn't understand the meaning behind that expression. I took it as like a kind of a slap that you're not capable of being a parent. Oh, wow. But that, but that's not what it's intended at all. As I've grown older and had my own children and then got into the foster, you know, culture, it really does take a village because you have to draw on experiences from other people that you may have absolutely no idea how to handle. Um, And so I've really, you know, had to rethink my thinking on, on, that phrase um because wow. i have one child that i had to have as many eyeballs on him as possible to make sure that he wasn't getting into trouble so yeah. it definitely takes a village for him yeah. but um but you, you know you have to you can't be narrow-minded you have to open your mind and realize that um yes you do have your gut instincts and things that you you know think you would do and you would want to do but if there's a better way to do things you should you know pay attention and try to take in as much of that information as possible to make the best decision at the time. Yeah. Do do you think, uh, or how do you see the difference between, um, uh, you know, biological parents and and adoptive parents? Um, Obviously you're both. So, but do you, do you see a difference in terms of their uh, curiosity and their, seeking out of 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 uh, examples from the village do you see them the same or do you see them different in any way um that's a hard question because my birth children um there were seven years between them and um our oldest son i've always joked um well i've joked that had my daughter been born first she would have been an only child because she <laughs> she was a handful um my oldest uh he was he was the compliant child all you had to do was frown at him and he would change his behavior you know very if if mom and dad said don't do it you know you can't do it whereas our daughter you know she needed a little more convincing that she was in the wrong um so um <sighs> I, we probably had more of the reaching out experiences with our adopted children just because what they came from, the backgrounds they came from were just so um, different from what my husband and I had experiences with that, um, you know, we just needed the additional help. Yeah. So um, that's um, for what I've, because uh, I've worked with um, non-adoptive parents and adoptive parents and I've I kind of got a view and to me the adoptive parents seem to be curiouser because of what you just said they seem to be um uh they seem to be just I don't know how far ahead it is or how how, how much keener but they do seem to be more open like like because maybe because maybe it's just because um, of, of the you know some of the trauma that the kids have, have, have been through because I was adopted as a baby but that there's you know, not that much of that happens now um wherever we are in the world it, it's more about um taking on um you know uh, older children fostering foster some some of them being fostered fostering them to adopt and stuff like that so yeah they seem to be um uh they seem to, to, to seem to be a bit more curious and a bit more open to adoptive parents because they I guess they they may see a, 
some more a, a trickier past or a, a, a rockier future, and they want to take advantage of that. So, what what is it? Um, if we could just shift, um, I want to ask you a question about your um, your, your your books and how their role in uh, you see how, how you see them um, helping uh, helping parents um, with with the book. So, what what's the What's what's the kind of thinking and your reasoning and your heart? I see. I went. I went. I fell down my own. Uh, fell down my own uh, rabbit hole. There. I was back in the head. So what, what's what's the um, what's the feeling? What's the what, you know? What, what, how, how do you, how does the how do the, the books come about and what what are you trying to do with them? Um. Well, the biggest thing I was trying to do was make sure that um, foster parents even adoptive parents, because my foster care book is called Two Ways Home, A Foster Care Journey, which it talks about adoption as well as, you know, what actually happens in foster care. Um, I was I was wanting to make sure that there was um, another book. I know that there are lots of books, a lot of really great books out there on um, foster care from, um, you know, different perspectives. This perspective, my book is from a perspective of a child who's actually in the foster care, I mean, in the foster home. Um, but I wanted to make sure that, a child who was getting adjusted to a foster home could pick up a book and, and have it read to them from a perspective of a kid who's living what they're living. Um, yeah. I, I have to really be careful because of my position as an executive director um, with my job. Yeah. I don't want to um, do anything that would violate ethics as far as trying to sell my books whenever I work, you know, for a foster care yeah. association. So um I've, I've had the, um, the ability to kind of slip some under the radar. Um, I, I'm really active on Facebook and um, I'll see a comment from a foster parent and they're talking about how, you know, my, my foster children, they're getting to go back home. You know, I don't know if I could handle this. So I'll say, you know, well, I'm, I want to send you a copy. You know, I send it to them at no charge. Um, and I just want you to have it because I know exactly what you're feeling. <laughs> and so I try to use it. Um, I guess as an empathy tool um, in those situations so that people know that, hey, you know, I know where you're coming from and I've written a story and I want to share my story with you. And then I'll check back in with them, you know, later on down the road and ask if they got it and if they liked it. And they were like, oh, this is awesome. It really, you know, ministered or it really captured what we were feeling at the time. So I know the story is a good story. Um, and I just want to, you know, have it out there as much as possible. Yeah. And then the, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, I think stories are incredible. Um, we, as adults, we learn more through stories. You know, we're switching uh, the, the, the story. We've, we've talked a, a lot about how important the heart is. And, you know, this is about the heart and the head. We live in a world where everybody thinks the head's the most important thing. We know it's not. It's, down, it's all down to the heart. Um, and, you know, your your big heart is is beaming to me and shining. And I, I love that. Um, uh and feeling like we're not alone and stuff. So you've also mentioned on that um, before. You know, before we uh, before we connected, I shared how how stories have been important to me. So my mum and dad told me that I was adopted with a storybook. I mean, I I was like before I was two. So you know, uh, if I was one and a half, clearly I wasn't reading. You know, they were reading it to me, and uh, uh, so we're. Uh, but even for older kids, we are. Um, we are kind of switching off the intellect. We are we're going around the intellect to the heart, 
and we're distracting people from where they are and mm. and, sh and showing them another person's uh, situation and that uh, kind of opens up our that opening up our as we open up our heart then we open up our, our heart to learning for me so that's the power that's the power of the of the book um uh, books in general in particular and where people can see themselves where people you know if we can normalize the situation as in we can make it normal um like your book clearly makes it normal it's a story but it's a story about that makes uh, an abnormal situation normal and that's that's got a lot of comfort for me. That's, that that brings comfort. That brings comfort to the uh, to the uh, to the parent to the you know whether it's an adopted parent or a, a foster parent and and to the to the child as well. And you know, or when we're more comfortable, life's just a lot a lot easier. That's kind of my take on it. Um, so um, let's uh, wrap up. I want to give you. I, I want to give you a chance. Uh, where can people find out? connect with you um where can they find out more about your 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 book what's the best way what's what the best um, well i am on barnes and noble and on amazon i actually have a a goodreads profile as an author on goodreads so um i realized i have been negligent in doing my blog on there so i need to get back into that especially with uh the three novels that i've had um come out of my brain since october i'm, I'm hoping i can get those self-published between yeah. now and the end of the year, I've, I've decided I'm going to start with the one I'm, I'm just about finished with and do that one first. Um, since the other two are Christmas, I need to, you know, push yeah. Christmas further down the year. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, just, just Google me. You can find me on Amazon and um, Barnes and Noble. Cool. So we'll, we'll put some links in on the, on the show notes as well. When we, when we okay. go, uh, when we go live, um, we'll, uh, I'll, 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 I'll make sure that people can find you from there. Yeah. But it's, it's on Amazon. And um, you said that you were active on, on Facebook. Do you want people to, to sort of like look at you on Facebook or would you rather not? Is that, is that, is that out? I, don't... I am perfectly fine with that. Just, okay. um, I would just ask that you, <laughs> you tell me how that you found me. Oh, um, course, sometimes yeah. I get requests for friend requests and I'm like, I have no clue how no. I know this person. <laughs> I, I'm not, this is a family show. So I'm not going to tell anybody about the sorts of friend requests that I get. <laughs> but they all seem to be of one type at the moment. Um, and, you know, they obviously don't know that I'm a happily married man. So, um, yeah, uh, friend requests out of the blue are a little bit uh, a little bit weird. So we'll put a link up to your, to your, to your Facebook. And, but, but, but be sure, uh, listeners, to, uh, to let Marion know that, um, you know, where you, where you found out about her. That's great. Is there anything else that you would like to share? Any questions that I haven't asked Marion? No, I just want to thank you for um, asking me to come on and um, speak with you today. Um, I There are times I feel like I could be doing more um, in the foster care world. Um, being an executive director is awesome, but I, um, I work from home. So the only contact I have with people is either through, you know, emails or, you know, things like that. So I don't have a lot of um, outside interaction, especially now that COVID is, <laughs> is among us. We're kind of like, oh, stay at home. But um, I just want to encourage people that um, if you can't foster, support a foster or adopt a family, you can do it in a lot of different ways. Um, drop a gift card in their mailbox so they can, you know, grab food or um, just let them know you're thinking about them. You know, just things like that would make a world of difference. And um, just thank great. you for everything that you're doing on your end. That's great. And just 
just as a, a, a quick question, is there, because we obviously we've talked largely about adoptive and, and foster families today and uh, been talking about uh, adoptive parents, foster parents. Is there anything that sort of pops into your head that you'd like to share with adult adoptees? I mean, you know, because you're, 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 um, uh, you're, you're eldest, uh, you know, that, did you say you, is your eldest um, adopted child 19, did you say? Yes, yes, he turned 19 last week. Wow, okay, happy birthday related to, to him. Is there anything that sort of pops into your head to share with them or if not, it's totally okay? Well, the first thing I would like to say is that I'm, um, I'm grateful that um, you were able to have an adoptive home. I'm sorry that you've lost your core family. Um, and I know that wasn't easy for you. Um, and I hope that your family really took care of you and loved you and encouraged you to the best, you know, to be the best you that you can be. Um, don't let that be, you know, the sum of who you are because you are not what your past yeah. dictates. You, you can be yeah. anything you want. Well, um, let me rephrase. You have the ability to choose what you want to be. Um, I, I'm learning that I can't be everything I want to be, but I can at least have some input on what I want yeah. to do within my limitations. But um, you, you matter. You're awesome. And um, just, just take each day at a time and, and just do the best you can every day. Yeah. I, I love that message. I love that message. I put something in an adoptee Facebook group um, a couple of weeks ago, and it was uh, adoption is something that happen has happened to us. It doesn't need to define us. And I got like 120 thumbs up. I got mm -hmm. 30 or 40 loves, but and I got a few comments. But a lot of the comments were 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 from people who are clearly struggling. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, you know, uh, and and you know, you don't realize, you know, how dare you dismiss my um, uh, my experience? I, I didn't go anywhere near. I didn't go anywhere near that. Mm -hmm. But there, there is that. There is that prickly. That there is that prickly side, um, and there's the people in trauma, and I've and I've been there. My darkness hasn't was never as dark as that. Um, so, but I'm, I I could see how it it's quite easy to do that. And one of the main reasons that I'm doing what I'm doing is because I don't want that to um, happen. I want to do everything uh, within my power to, uh, to 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 stop that happening. And and I realise that I can't do it all on my own. So. I want to I want to thank you for coming on, um, uh, Marion, and uh, and sharing your sharing your wisdom from the heart. And uh, let's let let let's do this again sometime. Thank you. Thank I enjoyed you. it. Okay, guys. Uh, see you all soon on another episode of Thriving Adoptees. Thanks a lot for listening. Bye bye.